From New York City, the world famous Comedy Cellar presents Live from America Podcast. With Noam Dorman and Hatem Gabber, live from America Podcast, where the top experts in the world and the best comics in the nation get together weekly to discuss today's issues as they cover news, culture, politics, comedy, and more with an equal part of knowledge and comedy. And now, here are your hosts, Hatem Gabber and Noam Dorman. Uh, welcome to part three of the recap of 2022. Noam Dorman, owner of Comedy Cellar. Hatem here. Uh, Mike Suarez, comedian. Boris Hyken, comedian. Andrew Hayton, comedian. And David Jesko, four of my favorites right here to break nice. down part three and the final part uh, of uh, this long um, <laughs> show. All right, guys, how are you doing? Uh, first of all, uh, quickly... Um, uh, how's your? I'm not gonna be able to stay. I'm not gonna be able to stay because um, Boris is here. But I, 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 I <laughs> yeah. No, but no, I, I no, no wanted to say hi. But we can we're gonna talk about a couple of things. We spoke already about a few things that happened already in 2022, uh, and we're gonna continue the list. So uh, here we go and see. Um, Make it a good one because I gotta go. Uh, what do you want? What do you want to talk about, Noam? Any? I don't have Boris in front of me. You choose, choose something controversial. Uh, okay, how about Russia, Ukraine, or is that generally? No, separate? no, uh, Pele's death. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> very controversial. That that did is Pele high. die? All right, yeah. I'll give you. I give you. Yeah, he died a few hours ago. Uh, okay, I give you topics to choose from. No, um, uh, Russia, Ukraine, uh, no, no red wave. Six uh, January six hearing. Queen Elizabeth dying. Pick one. None of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, the politics. Pele. Come on, Pele. the move. Let's talk about the movie Victory. When you hook up a Pele with a Michael Caine and Sylvester Stallone, you don't know who's saying anything. <laughs> All those accents together. Forget about it. Although I love that movie. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I don't know the, 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 the politics of Red Wave. I don't know. Is that interesting? All right. No Red Wave. Yeah, let's do that. OK, so everything everybody was, you know, expecting is going to be a big Red Wave. Nothing happened. What do you see? This is going and why it happened, what do you think the future of the red wave, or if there is one, Trump, DeSantis, all that shit. Ahead, Andrew. Andrew, Andrew, go ahead. Sure. No uh, red wave. There wasn't a red wave, um, which was unanticipated because generally in a in a midterm election, the out party does better. Um, that if if you're just looking at the gambling odds, the the odds are that the party that's not the president's party is going to do well. And they, they took the House. They didn't take the Senate. And they didn't take the House by a lot. They had more of a pink squirt, as Dave Barry would say. It wasn't so much of a red wave. The, the takeaway I had, it was actually a pretty good one, which is that the Republicans are actually capable of making decisions between candidates rather than just voting lockstep. Uh, the candidates that were Trump favorites, that were stop the steal type people, or just generally batshit crazy, didn't tend to do well. Whereas uh, more run-of-the-mill garden variety Republicans did. You look at like uh, the state of Georgia, uh, Brian Kemp won and uh, Herschel Walker didn't. And so it, it wasn't just sheer partisanship. And, and I take that as a thing. I, I would I would love for the Republican Party to lurch towards sanity. And I took this as a positive step because it means that people were actually going for uh, Republicans within a certain uh, a certain level of, of of conservatism, and they they weren't rewarding the the Kerry Lakes of the world who didn't win. 
Yeah, I, I, I would basically agree with you, although I just as you're saying it, it occurred to me that you know, I don't know how much of that is Republicans and how much of it is, you know, independents who who uh, oh, also totally possible. But I think that um, both. It, it, like like independents now are about, what, a third of the electorate, like uh, around 2012, we had a tipping point where uh, independents started uh, surpassing Republicans and Democrats. Uh, that being said, independents typically uh, are are independents in name, but but vote Republican or Democrat with with fairly standard regularity on voting day. Um, so uh, th- that is true. They probably made the difference there, but Republicans are nonetheless, I think, going to take note of that and will hopefully course correct. I, I would say what I got from it, I think you're going to agree with this. We are a long way as a people from jettisoning democracy. We are a long way from these horrible scenarios where, you know, the state legislatures just throw out elections and the Supreme Court signs off on it and the generals get behind Trump. This was this was a fantasy. American people um, love their democracy. And, um, yeah, they can be fooled and they might say in a poll they think Trump was robbed and they, whatever. We, I think the it system works very well, very well. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll go a step further and say not, not only do I agree with that, uh, Donald Trump, who I'm not a fan of, I think was an incredibly good stress test on the, the brilliance of American democracy. We picked the worst possible candidate to be president of the United States, like the most feckless, ideologically untethered sociopath imaginable. And it, it it's still working. The government's still working. The federal government's still operable. The White House didn't get burned down. Like, like we we went well, through a stress test and came out on the other side. It turns out the system is actually very robust. And it doesn't get enough attention, but it certainly deserves attention that we know from the January 6th hearing that even within his inner circle, Barr and Pence and, you know, the people who we thought were just, you know, Trump henchmen, uh, they had no sympathy for, for his shenanigans. He had to, you know, he had to shop around. I joked before he shopped around for lawyers like Michael Jackson shopped around for doctors. You know, he had to find a lawyer <laughs> to, to give him exactly what he wanted. Yeah. But yeah, reasonable I, I, actually, people Mike, do it. I, I recuperated a lot of respect from Mike Pence through that, that whole episode. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I, weirdly enough, I met Mike Pence doing stand up comedy uh, back in like 20, 11 or so he wasn't doing stand-up that would have been horrible i can't fathom that mike pence would be good at doing stand-up comedy but i i had been invited to do stand-up for uh, a, a political action committee uh, and they flew me out to florida and he was one of the guys in the audience came up afterwards chatted with me uh mike pence thinks i'm funny for good or for ill um and i <laughs> but i like the guy back then when mike pence was governor of indiana he was a kind of like Goldwater-esque, like states are the laboratory of democracy, yay free markets kind of. I liked him at that time. I thought he was actually like, while being very religious, he struck me as a fairly moderate Republican at that time. And I think that he he looked at Trump and went, all right, I'm sunk in Indiana. I can get on the Trump train. There's no way that guy's going to be president for more than three weeks. So once that guy resigns or gets indicted, I'll become president. Lost a ton of respect for him. But then come January 6th, when push came to shove, Mike Pence went out there and basically set his career on fire in order to stop the election from being cookie cutter seized through extrajudicial means by the president. He did the right thing. Good for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So I have a game. Uh, let's let's play according to Google. You know, uh, we're going to I'm going to tell you about that. I know I didn't send you that list, but um, uh, this updated. So I go into Google. Who was the most Googled in? A category called "Who is?" Okay, so the number one overall was "Who David is Jessica. Andrew Tate?" Anybody know Andrew Tate? 
Anybody I else just, take his course? I just yeah, he was, he was the agent and bewitched. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> well, you, what's your thoughts on, on Andrew Tate, Boris? I I just learned who he is, surprisingly, because a bunch of people are like, how do you not know who he is? He's clearly pretty good at getting attention for himself. I just saw this Greta thing that he's like in a spat with, which is pretty embarrassing for him, you would think. But he's getting so much attention. Like, I'm so torn, man, because like I'm ready to just fucking do some idiotic shit to just get some more Twitter followers because it's like, I would be embarrassing to be doing some of the stuff that he's doing. And then also I'm like, God damn it. What is he doing? I don't know what you're yeah, talking Who is this guy? He, I thought he was he a boxer. Got, so he's, he is, but he's a, he's a troll. He does a very convincing character where half of it is stuff that like kind of makes, like he says stuff that's like, um, he you goes know, online. Um, he tries to teach men to be men. And yeah, it's like that you, kind of thing. You're a hustler. He's like here's the patron saint. Here's how you live large. So yeah, he, he's he, like an MMA jerk off patron. So he is sure. three time world uh, boxing champion MMA. Oh, so I was right did, about the boxer thing. Yeah, and then he did. He made a a class, a master class. That he made millions off. Uh, you know, he's kind of teaching like old school, like the man should be a man, a woman shall follow a man, stuff like that. Uh, but then he got. Uh, he was taken off all social media about uh, six months ago. And I think that actually did him a favor, make him even more famous. He was taken from all Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, everybody, you know. Um, so he have a lot of controversial uh, uh, thoughts, but, you know. Um, well, the latest is this thing. The latest is this thing with Greta, just to like, that's the thing everyone's talking about. Is he like purposely trolled her by talking about like, where can I email you for information about my collection of 30, you know, gas guzzling cars and their emissions? And she <laughs> responded back also a little bit weird, but like, fine. She responded back. Like you can email me at like, I have small dick energy at gmail.com. <laughs> Did she say that? Good. Good for Greta. And then he's, he's like responding back with like, Oh, but you mean your email is I have small dick energy at gmail.com. Why do you like really, Stuff that's like not hitting and bizarre, and why are yeah. you still arguing with the child? Yeah. Um, his his interview with Pierce Morgan uh, recently was also a big deal. I mean, he was, you know, he's good on TV, one. and so he kind of like a Trumpy kind of uh, personality. For sure, he's he's made for TV and show business. Um, did, Jessica, any thoughts on uh, entertainment <clears throat> or Mike? No, I saw that tweet too, and I couldn't believe it. I thought maybe it wasn't her, and I was very impressed. <laughs> Yeah, and then of course everybody just wrote, "How dare you!" But that makes a lot of sense. To me. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. I, like, so, so I, I'm not familiar with this guy's antics, but I, I'll say this is sort of a an, an ongoing irritation and or relief I have in the world of political media. I host a, a, a podcast called The Political Orphanage, which is my day job because I'm not that funny as a comedian. So I had to. But your speaking voice is unbelievable. It is. It's really the microphone. Much. He's got a. Great microphone. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's really... it's, yeah, I I I sound <laughs> I like uh, horrible it. without the mic. I, I, <laughs> but uh, but but I but I've been operating in that world in political media for a little over a decade now, and I'll I'll watch people start the same as me and just be, go meteoric very quickly because you can get a lot of followers by giving people anger, bile, and confirmation bias. It's very easy to do. Um, I don't want to do that. And on the one hand, it drives me nuts because like I'll I'll go like actually read a bill or or something like I'll, I'll the thing we're talking about i'll go interview experts about it then show up and figure out how to work. and and that that's fine i get to make a healthy living doing that but i'll watch people just skyrocket but on the but flip he, side he of didn't the coin, he didn't just skyrocket what, what? he's a millionaire so he have the um 
he had the capacity to do promotion, to do, you know, he was already a millionaire before he started this shit, you know. Go ahead, finish your point. He might be very well just better at being an entrepreneur, and I don't fault him for that at all. But for people that are provocateurs, which is what I'm getting at, for people that want to troll or be a provocateur, and I've, I've got some good friends that are basically professional trolls, they can get those followers. But the the, the unseen side of that is I can go to the grocery store and nobody's going to yell at me. Like, like I, I'm at the point in my life where basically middle-aged men at Lowe's recognize me. That's it. That's the that's the only bit I have to worry about. But with with a lot of provocateurs, like you know, they go out. People want to yell at them. Or like Andrew a, Tate like would call you poor for going to the grocery store yeah. <laughs> if he were here. That's that's good point. Idea. You're right. You know what? I need to be more provocative next year. That'll be my resolution. Uh, gentlemen, I'll just make fun of Greta. And I use the term loosely. Uh, I have I have to go. Um, uh, Hatem, will I see you New Year's Eve, Hatem? Yes, sir. I'll be there. Happy New Year to you, Noam, and to the family. Uh, we're, getting, we're ordering food from Il Molino. So if you want to go on the Il Molino website and uh, tell me what you want me to order, um, Dave, you, you're coming too, but Dave will get whatever, you know, whatever's there. He'll figure. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, look at the Il Molino menu and, and, and send me your orders. Bye, everybody. Oh, that's very Bye. kind. Thank, Thank you. Bye. Bye now. Bye now. Uh, all right. The next one, and uh, who is. Uh, so this is, again, this is a list by Google. Um, they have a bunch of lists for searches for the, the most thing that we search as a country. This is the United States, not globally. Um, so one of the things, I'm not saying in order, I'm just saying the interesting one. Who is Jeffrey Dahmer? Um, I have a, a feeling they just got now this one. Of course I know. I yeah. used to, he used to be my college roommate for a period of time and didn't you get in the bar at some point? I have a feeling that you and Atel and him at some point ran into each other. <laughs> I think it was a little before our time, but uh, well, yeah, he's um, a crazy cannibal uh, guy, uh, right? Didn't they? Didn't they make like three documentaries this year about him? Yeah. Oh, damn! I was joking, ja Dave. I knew everybody knew who he was. No, no, I, I know, I know, you know, but I'm just saying. Uh, didn't they make three? Like they made. Yeah. Like, this was his year. And yeah. <laughs> I, I think the people that a, a lot of the people who he killed, their I, families were very upset. That see, he Andrew, he's kind still of more hero. famous than you. Yeah, that's true. I, if I just killed how more is that people, possible? I would get recognized at the grocery store more frequently. <laughs> and let me just say hello to Boris. I haven't seen you in a long time, and I love Mike. Hey, and Andrew, Dave, I already nice told to you. I already it. complimented you and your speaking voice. Um, it's amazing. So yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer was was very interesting. There was a lot of uh, you know with the with his uh, documentary and a lot of funny memes and all that and. You know, there was some controversy, but because some of his victims are still alive and their families, you know, and it was very. So what, what, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, let's go with Mike. Uh, I don't think it was very responsible of them to try to make him seem like a uh, figure to feel sorry for in the Netflix Netflix series. They were it was very clear that they, you know, that was the narrative they're trying to go. That's the drama of it. But it wasn't very responsible. I mean, it also wasn't that great of a show either. So I don't think it was worth it for them to do that. The, the families, I mean, I wouldn't want my, you know, brother to get eaten and then see the guy be uh, be felt sorry for by America 20 years later. I mean, he's not going to see him, but you go on to because he yeah. was eaten. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Boris, um, uh, you, you ate a couple of people before. What's your thought on that? Yeah, but they, they deserved it. And uh, now I didn't have to go to the grocery store either, you know. I uh, I haven't seen it. My, you know, usually I err on the side of it would be boring to just watch uh, a show that just villainizes the guy. I feel like everyone's human and it's interesting to humanize somebody. I think most good shows that have an anti-hero or that have a bad guy 
they have some dimension to it and it's not like a children's cartoon where it's a villain. I haven't seen it. So, you know, I can't speak on that. I feel like if someone close to me was eaten and a documentary was made about the guy who ate them, the hurtful focus would probably still be on the person having been eaten in real life and not whatever everyone's watching on Netflix. So I I think that's my own personal sensibilities. I just don't get bothered by things like that. And I would prefer an interesting television show was made rather than a boring one. Okay. Um, all right. The next Boris one. Boris is speaking on behalf of the consumers. Thank you, Boris. We just want entertaining television. <laughs> okay. Right. Next one. You this can is, do that and just write an original story. You don't have this, to. This is another one about, about actually also TV. Who is the watcher? Did you guys watch that show? No. No nope. one watched that show? No. no. Damn it. Is that the old Jimmy Stewart one where he's got a broken leg and a telescope? Oh, no, it's brand That's new. Rear it's window. That's oh, Richard Kind. Okay. It's in a true story. That's the best. Yeah, it's basically about this house about in Jersey <laughs> that they, they keep keep getting letters like Grace that Kelly's they've been all watching. Right. Somebody's watching. They a bunch of I don't want to ruin it. It's a bunch of uh, strange things happen in a in a house and stuff like that. But everybody wanted to know who was the watcher, who was the one that um, you know, uh watching the um uh, the uh, the house. You know, out of curiosity also, have have any of the families directly spoken up themselves? Well, there is two. There is there is the documentary, and there is the actual show in Netflix. Yeah, so the, the actual show, I managed to find like to follow like till five six episodes, and it was too much for me. Like a lot of eating and, and then blood. isn't there the also documentary, a movie? I think with Zac Efron. Some. What's yeah. that? Isn't there also a movie with Zac Efron? Aren't there three? Zac Zac Efron documentary. Plays him? No, no, no. Zach Efron plays uh, what's his name? Another another serial killer. That oh, I got it mixed up in another serial killer. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got your serial killers uh, mixed up. How like, could I do that? He plays Ted Bundy. Uh, right. Ted Bundy. Oh, I do Ted Bundy. Who is a hero in my eyes? <laughs> well, he is a very interesting. I read a book about him called uh, "The Stranger yeah. Beside Me." Very fascinating. There, the woman who was assigned to write about the murders slowly realized that it was her friend Ted that she used to work with in a call center that yeah. was committing the murders. It was. It's a very, very interesting book. Whoa! What was it called? So the, what we're the, saying the, is, Andrew Tate could you? be worse. So yeah, yeah. Uh, no, what was it called? Worse? Stranger beside me. Stranger beside me. All right, I'm gonna listen yeah. to that on Audible. I'm I'm yeah, late really to the good. true to the true crime thing. I like. I didn't uh, come on board with serial or anything. But I started watching true crime on Netflix, and I, I think what's morbidly fascinating about it is if you were a remotely decent person, like just a, a semi-okay person, there's something like fascinating about a serial killer. You're like, how do you – because like I, I can understand getting in a bar fight, and you get really, really mad, Heat and you passion. like – you know hit a guy with a, a chair leg and it accidentally kills him. You're like, oh, God, no, I didn't mean to do that. I, I wouldn't be okay with that, but I can understand it. But when you have like truly sociopathic, narcissistic serial killer types, you're like, how? Like our, our brains just reel at the prospects of it. We want to know the origin story. We want to know, like, did they get hit and kicked in the head by a donkey? Did yeah. they did they play with a Ouija board and a, and, a, and a devil entered their body? Like, how did that happen? Especially I mean, women. Women love that shit. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I don't know I, what it I is, love but they do. I, I, I love to do that, the baby uh, crime too. And and this podcast, you can go back to. We have uh, a lot of um, you know guests about uh, true crime stories. Amanda Knox was in the show before. Yeah, you know? I was gonna ask you, how did you get her? Where would you find her, dude? Uh, I remember. I don't when know that... if you know by now. I'm very popular. I know a lot of people. I'm <laughs> like used to date. Person. Yeah, I'm likable person. She was my roommate. Um, <laughs> So no, uh, that that was a good. How how was she? Uh, was amazing. That... She's amazing, and I'm convinced her to uh, that I'm gonna write her first comedy special. 
I want to. Yeah, she, well, she I, have, I tell you, that's not a bad idea. I, I, I would definitely watch that. No, no, I think I think because a lot of times I think, uh, you know, she was talking about like, um, uh, she, actually had, knock, knock. she said she said a, a good joke. I told her to, to say a joke and she said, uh, you know, it's I'm the best person to have dinner with um, because you'll always have an alibi, you know, <laughs> uh, which was uh, that is pretty funny. good. Uh, but uh, yeah, true crime is is definitely. Um, I lost what I was gonna say. Oh, uh, to Andrew's point, uh, what also like a lot of time interests me is like to go back and understand these minds why they did that. And I can't remember which one of the serial killer, but his dad used to like hit him and um, and put him in a cemetery every night and tie him in the cemetery overnight every night. I don't know who, which one. One of the biggest one, you know. Um, so a lot of them, um, I don't. Well, you're thinking that might have affected him in some way as an adult. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I mean, who, who wasn't tied in the guy. cemetery before? Yeah, you know, um, call that Tuesday where I'm from. Yeah, yeah that was that guy. <laughs> that was the guy that would skin people. Yeah. So you know. Um, uh, all right. So let's go to Google's most. This is the term that more, or most or people most searched in 2022. It's cr- it's crazy. So number ten was Jeffrey Dahmer. I'll jump to number eight. Was Powerball numbers. People still hoping. I don't know. Uh, I, I buy a lot seven of tickets. They're great. I recommend them. Yeah, and not, not I do too. I buy the little ones. I just buy the regular New York Lotto because it's a dollar. Like scratch ones. Anybody uh, here ever? Watch- I get that too, but I just get the regular Lotto, which is a dollar because yeah. I'm good with one million dollars. Yeah. Well, no, that's like I, I've explained this to my friends because they're like, like, that's crazy that you waste your money on a lottery ticket. And I'm like, well, first of all, like I buy like one lottery ticket every three months. So it's not a lot. But beyond that, let me be very clear on what I'm purchasing. I am paying $1 to $2 for the fantasy of what it would be like to be a millionaire. That's it. I just, for three days, I get to think about what it would be like if I were a millionaire. And then it comes crashing back down to reality. That's it. It's just a ticket to ride. That's all I'm buying. Um, I don't know if anybody else does that, but sometimes I'm driving by the highway and I see the uh, signs where it says, the lottery is now twenty million, and I was like, "Ah, that's not enough. I'll wait until it's a hundred million." Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Why? What's wrong with that's what I'm. That's why I buy the little one million dollar ones or the three million. I'm good with that. You know, I buy it every like Wednesday and Saturday because you don't know who attend parties with. He's got like model boats with Saudi Arabian princes. Twenty million ain't <laughs> shit to this guy. I guess that's the uh, that's the case. Um, you still be a millionaire even just getting a you know a million dollars. Yeah, a million is not enough, you know. But you're still uh, but a millionaire. One, You'd still be called a millionaire. Damn it! Uh, one one of my favorite lines was in uh, was uh, Sean Connery and uh, Catherine Zeta Jones in that uh, movie Entrapment, when yeah. uh, when she said forty sixty is like what can you do with five hundred million that you cannot do with six hundred million? You know, like make it fifty fifty. You know, um, <laughs> right, let's see. Number six, the most searched in the United States was Boris' hometown, Ukraine. Mm, not a town, but yes. <laughs> I mean, well, I'll agree to disagree. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. So, what what do you think is is that, uh, Boris? I always want to ask this, and just to, to to move. Do you think because I feel like they making the Ukrainian president as a big hero and stuff like that? Like I always feel like you need to, like, okay, you are a figure now, so they're not really gonna kill you. But there's a lot of people dying in this war. Shouldn't you? Think about the people and take a step back and just fucking end this war. Negotiate, have the United States not continue a war that you know that eventually is going to kill everybody. How do you feel about that? Uh, yes. Well, as 
I think there's public sentiment involved. And I think that right now what's happened was that everyone, including Zelensky, underestimated that Ukraine's evolved since I've left over the past 20 years. And I think that there's a stronger identity and part of the war kind of revealed that. So I don't think it's just up to Zelensky. I think he is listening to constituents. And I think that the public there really is pretty united and, and gung-ho about this at this point. I personally think, yeah, they pro- probably should look for some sort of ending. It probably won't be so satisfying as getting Crimea back. But I get his point, and I don't think it's disconnected with the people who live there necessarily. It's hard to say because I also, I'm sure there's differing opinions throughout Ukraine. Eastern Ukraine and Western Ukraine always have been very divided in terms of one side more European cultured and one side more Russian cultured. Older Ukrainians, younger Ukrainians, older Ukrainians are much more on public you know, programs that Russia could pay for theoretically that Europe can't afford another Greece and pay for. So like, it's not all unified, but I don't think Zelensky is that disconnected from the public there. I think it does sort of reflect the fact that they're like, yeah, fuck Putin. But I'm not saying he's disconnected. I think he's living in, in my opinion, uh, the, you know, and I ask everybody in the panel, obviously he's, he's living in that, like, I'm the hero, I'm the leader. I'm going to lead them into this while what you should be thinking about is like, okay, right now I'm doing okay. Let me stop the war and negotiate. I have the United States to back me up and then save more lives from both sides and I'll become a real hero. Instead of trying to fight fight a war, that's it's really the United States war. But is it isn't that and I I'm not good at this, but isn't Putin crazy that he you can't negotiate with him? Isn't he isn't that half of the problem? Or I, but at I, some I, point I when he took some I land, he said I will negotiate. Andrew, I, go ahead. I think Putin is evil. He's an authoritarian thug. There's all sorts of things we could throw at him, but I don't think he's acting irrationally. When when you look at what the Russians have been saying now since 1990, they they view NATO expansion into Ukraine or Georgia as an existential threat. They look at that the same way we would look at if China formed a military alliance with Canada and started posting troops along the edge of, of Buffalo, or if uh, Russia had military bases like across from El Paso, Texas. Like that, that's how they view it completely. Um, and I, I, I think that, how do I, how am I careful about this? I'm, I'm going to say the moral onus is on Vladimir Putin, but that doesn't mean that, uh, there weren't imprudent steps that were taken over here. And, um, I, I think that they could have, we could have largely diffused the situation before it ever happened. Um, Zelensky, Zelensky, I think could have said, we are, we are not going to join NATO. We have zero issue in joining NATO. And I, uh, the, the, the German chancellor offered to broker a deal to that effect, of um, we're going to try and do a European peace agreement between the United States, Russia, Ukraine, and, and it, it just it never happened. Um, but well, he was set up in a way. I, I think he was too. I I, I think that America has. I'm I'm going to get real cynical here. Uh, America's foreign policy goals are are twofold for Ukraine, and they do not work in tandem with one another. One of them is uh, humanitarian. We want the conflict to end because we want the the least amount of damage to occur in Ukraine. Uh, materially and in terms of lives and misery. Great. I'm all, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. We also kind of want to um, ruin Russia and destabilize Vladimir Putin and um, uh, just bleed it dry. Well, the way to do that is to drag out this conflict as long as we possibly can and fight a proxy war, which I think there's a decent chance that we're doing. Yeah. Anybody else have thought on that? Uh, I'll comment just that I, I don't disagree with a lot of what Andrew said. I do think it's a little bit the people who hold the view that we want to destabilize Russia is a little bit naive. And just in terms of 
it's too optimistic, in my opinion, that even if Putin were to somehow leave, that it would be replaced yeah. by something better. Right. I think the, a lot the, of people, a liberal Hayekian Democrat will just step right. into office and we'll have this great. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's no Russia's, reason to think it'll be better. Russia's never had anything resembling a, a, a kind of democracy. And I people really don't understand the culture and the the mentality of like both corruption and worshiping strongmen there that is very pervasive that's just i'm not it's not something that is fixed within a generation let alone within one yeah. war top that's exactly my leader. point is like the whole world is suffering especially ukrainian people i think it's time if you are a real leader to put ego on the side to put the oscar that you got in the side put all that inside and and all the people that feeding you are going to give you some weapons and some money enough to stay alive you know, for a little bit, your soldier is going to die. But, you know, this is this a lot of people too much, too many people dying. Uh, all right. So let's move on. Uh, more search uh, rest. Uh, we are uh, number six was Ukraine. Number five, uh, Bob Saget. Great comic. Oh. You know, such a such a such an amazing guy. I have a, a story with him. The seller uh, back in the day, you know, when when superstars will come in and, um, you know, Manny, Norm's dad was always like, make sure to take pictures so we can hang it in the wall and stuff like that. And I was managing Let's take pictures, and I kept taking, and I, and I, I, I like him so much. I kept taking pictures. He left the stage while before me, came down, hold the mic, hugged me, and take a picture, and I went back in. He's such a, such a nice, nice, nice guy. It's such a loss. Uh, a number guy. four, Queen Elizabeth. That's another, another one. We spoke about it a little bit uh, earlier, but I'll take your, your takes on it. Some people were like, she's evil. Uh, you know, all the things that they did in the third world and stuff like should be celebrated. Some people were like, you know the mother queen all that so what's your thought on that which which team were you in let's go with mike oh i wouldn't put i'd put her in the not evil camp i never had the deal yeah with of those. course because you're not from africa like me yeah, anyway exactly. yeah, speak exactly. your mind i'm not, i'm not here to judge go ahead you're not from africa as a cartoon character i know her more as a, as a woman in naked gun <laughs> woman, so you know how She's I reunited with Leslie Nielsen in heaven. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I was over there when she died. I was living in Edinburgh. Well, and you saw, did that. saw the old eat, bird lion state. Mission what did you say, Adam? I said mission accomplished. You did your part <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a Russian spy. So, so can I say, as an American who's observed the British system, I I think their version of the monarchy is brilliant. What what we've done, and one of the smartest things America ever did, is we created a separation between church and state. Brilliant. You're you're welcome, planet Earth. That was really smart. What America came up with, what the British have accidentally ass backward come up with, is this system where power and reverence have been separated. The prime minister has all the power. It's the prime minister that sends people off to die in trenches and tax people. The queen cuts ribbons and shit. And I think that's great. I would love to have a figurehead in the United States. Lots of other European countries do that too. Ireland has a president that doesn't really have any power. Germany has a president. We do. It's Beyonce. Who will be our figurehead? Because Beyonce. Beyonce would be great. I would nominate probably Kelsey Grammer, but I'd be fine with Beyonce. I would have put my money down on Betty White if she were still alive because she kind of <laughs> looks like the queen. But ha having everybody just get frothy and semi-erect over, over some weird figurehead, that seems to happen in every society. So I'd rather that happen on a person that can't fucking kill anyone. So well, I would, what I would do you love think to have a figurehead of, position. Of the different blowout of the queen when she, she passed away. Like some people are like, oh, it is what it is. And some people are like, oh no, this the, the British Empire, she's part of it. She never apologized and she never did anything. You know, I mean, there's a lot of 
country suffered and still suffering. That's what I thought. That's why I'm confused. I thought people didn't care for. I mean, I guess I'm just thinking of the 80s and all the shows where they were just making fun of the queen, like the Sex Pistols and all that kind of stuff. So when she died, I was very surprised at the unbelievable outpouring because I actually thought that monarchy was kind of hated. No, but there was outpouring from both ends. You know, there's people, obviously. I guess so, but I saw more of an affection that well, I it depends who, who your friends fine. are. Uh, apparently, no, just on with... TV. You know, I mean, I, I didn't. You know, I don't care. I don't. Really uh, no, know I mean, anybody even, that even like in the Daily Show, Trevor. No, like anybody. I think from that part or lived at that part, especially India, Africa, where I'm from, all that. It's just like you suffered uh, a little bit. Uh, okay, yeah, number well, three. Like, Tim, on on that end, like I think that those are all very valid points. And any country that's ever been plundered by an empire is totally in its right to hate that empire, including the British Empire. I don't. I don't dispute any of that. I don't know that that Elizabeth has culpability for any of that. Where, where I would place culpability in the lap of Elizabeth and now King Charles is the fact that they're rich because they're they're existing off of the spoils of peasants that they've been plundering domestically for the last thousand years. Okay, like I understand that. But also you can, what you can do is you can apologize. You can try to rebuild what you, you know, kind of like when you, like every, listen, there's blood in everybody's hands. That's why I always say that. Every country, everything, even here, like with slavery, with all this, but we're trying to make it better. You know, first of all, you have to acknowledge the fact that it actually happened. And you need mm-hmm. to apologize and you need to try to rebuild and pay back for what you did. You know, you made fortune because of this country, given back something, you know, you, you destroyed education systems. So, so, sort of like imperial it. reparations, not, yeah. not just words and rhetoric, but actually giving money back. And I'll start with yeah. words, even to just, you know, say, I'm sorry. They should do reparations here too. They were the ones in charge when we did all the worst shit. She yeah. should be doing she should we be should, you know what? We should give reparations, but the British should fund it. I, I yeah, like that yeah, idea. Exactly. I really like that idea, Boris. Yeah. All right. So most search uh, at number three, Betty White. Number two was election results. And number one search in the United States and Google was the game Wordle. Wordle. Oh, really? Do you guys know that game? Yeah. I know of it. Why is it so I know popular? of it. I've never seen it. Yeah. Why is it popular? Uh, because you can share how smart you are. <laughs> Is it media. like word with words with friends? Is it the new? No, words no, no. With Basically, you have uh, I forget how many letters it is, but it's like five or six letters, and you have six chances to guess the word. Uh, it, it's really anyone can play it. You can be dumb and play it. Everyone likes to share their dumb little system with it. I it, think that's it's, why it's, it's popular. Simple. Portion yeah. control. You but only get number... one chance. One. But it's the number day. one search in the United States. Like. Last year, yeah, the number one search was COVID nineteen. Like, where, where, where are we well, going? They're trying to. <laughs> you know, that's why uh, I like to do start, these. If you're, if you're looking for the understand. answer for that day's show, or that, yeah, you're looking can... for that, that day's puzzle. So it's kind of a. It's that's why people are searching. Wait, for. does that mean that twenty twenty three was or twenty twenty two is a great year? Because like guess. previous year, COVID. Like, will I die from COVID? Yeah. Uh, exactly. How long do I have COVID? All that kind of shit. This year, like. Would have thought fusion would be in there. Would have thought like, what is fusion or something? Would have been in the top ten. Too late. But if Wordle yeah, was the top one, we had an easy. Yeah. We all know what fusion is. I I, I have it. I have yeah. a couple more lists. Uh, what about twenty twenty? I mean, go back a little and see what the other lists. Am I dying? That would have been COVID also. <laughs> uh, so I have a couple more lists. I'm gonna go with, uh, quickly through it. Um, uh, with you, I'm gonna start with this list. I wasn't planning to do, but I'm gonna do it just for Andrew. Is the most searched tickets just to make you like feel even worse? Okay. Okay. Uh, so these are the top 10 more search tickets of 2022 at Google. Uh, okay. Steve Lacey ticket, number 10. Who? Who? Steve Lacey. Never Lacey. heard those words before in my life. I, me either. How is uh, that possible? That's number one? 
10. 10. We've 10. all never heard. Oh, 10. Okay. Yeah. And I'm real hip. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, number seven, Paul McCartney. Okay. okay. We've never heard of him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number six, blank, uh, Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever. Okay. Uh, number five, Blink 182. Really? Philly. Really? 2022? They did some big, like final. Uh, That's four, impressive. Phillies tickets, Phillies. Well, they okay. were in the. They kind of made us stand in the world. I mean, that that was a good run. Yeah, that makes but sense. I mean, like I wouldn't say it's number. Okay, number three, Tyler Swift. That makes sense. I thought that was number I, one. I, I, I thought. That, yeah. yeah, I thought that was number one too. Okay, number two of the most uh, searched tickets on Google 2022 was Bad Bunny. Yeah. Yeah. Bad Bunny. Oh. Well, Andrew, Dude. you might be too old for Bad Bunny. I, I, I clearly was, am. I like it's not a cartoon it character. Bugs Bunny, that is it a, is it a musician or or a band? Yeah. It's a <laughs> no, hip hop. It's, it's a hip hop yeah. Spanish rapper, basically. Yeah. Oh. that's uh, weird because I'm, I'm super hip on Spanish hip hop. I'm surprised <laughs> that that one went uh, under the radar for me. No, oh, and the number one ticket was sorry, Andrew, not you, not Andrew Hayden uh, theater tickets, but it was Disneyland tickets. Disneyland. Yeah. What I the think f- they all get lumped together. Who wants to go to Disneyland? I don't, the, know, man. I don't Disney know, man. Disney World's the place. That makes sense. Disneyland. Um, you know, I, I, I went together. to Disneyland like a week before COVID hit in 2020, and it was great. I actually preferred Disneyland over Disney World because Disney World is so goddamn massive. True. That you're like, okay, we got to take three weeks off. We're well, going to yeah. buy a house. Yeah. We'll, like, but you go to Disneyland, and you're like, oh, this is great. It's like one park. We'll we'll just go in in the morning. We'll do a bunch of shit. We'll leave. It's terrific. Uh, by the way, when I, I was guess. at Disneyland... People kept asking me for the times and rides. Like I, I had like a like a just a vest on that maybe looked like I was operating at a safari, and everybody kept thinking I was a, an employee. And I'd be like, I don't work here. I just look old timey. I can't help that. Oh, that's so funny. Um, oh, yeah, for another list is how to pronounce. This is the most um, search how to pronounce. But I go with number one right away, and then we'll go with the rest a little bit because I want to talk about it a little bit. So number one was how to pronounce search, and Google was how to pronounce Qatar. Which the World Cup was there. It's called Qatar. Qatar Did you say Qatar? Arabic? You mean Gabe? Like from Welcome Back, Qatar? No, Qatar, where the World Cup was. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, you haven't been there before. It's Qatar. Yeah. Heard of something called the World Cup? It's not called Qatar. Well, no. you want the real pronunciation? <laughs> yeah, Qatar. Qatar. Ha ha. Qatar. That's the real pronunciation. Is that rolled R? Uh, so the reason I want to talk about Qatar is like, you know, I don't know if it doesn't matter if you follow soccer or not, but obviously there's a big controversy about, you know, human rights. You can't have it in the Middle East. This is both no drinking, no alcohol, human rights, you know, and this whole campaign to fight for Qatar. Now, I'm not saying no human rights uh, issues were there. There was and is. But, you know, what's interesting is the Olympics just happened in China. And the World Cup before that was in Russia, and nobody said shit. Yeah, the problem, <laughs> no, the problem, Hatem, was that they said we're going to allow drinking, we're going to allow this, and then they took it back the day before. That's now, the that's issue. not actually true. So I tell you a story. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but um, you know, I'm, now I can mention it because the World Cup is over. So during uh, last year, I was negotiating with the government of Qatar because we were going to open a comedy cellar in Qatar during the World Cup. Really. Um, so we we and it was going until the last month we got blocked by some some sponsors because 
you know, sponsor. So in the World Cup, it's two different things. It's the country and it's FIFA. FIFA is the World Federation. So they own that event. And that and FIFA is, uh, you know, they have sponsors like Budweiser. You know, they have three major sponsors. So the sponsor didn't want it. But anyway, so we were going to open a comedy club. Uh, Norm and I went to the ambassador. He's a friend of mine. We went there. We, you know, we discussed. It was it was great. It was going to be awesome. We're going to have comedy seller every night for the whole month. So, uh, no, there was no deal that there is no alcohol. There is parts of the of the country called FIFA zone. You can drink there, you know. Alcohol is permitted there. There is the streets where alcohol is not uh, allowed. You know, the stadium, you know, they said that they're going to negotiate the stadium. So the one that they changed, you see, Budweiser made that whole thing because they're paying a lot of money to sponsor, you know, right. and they want people to drink. Um, yeah. But this was, you know, the most successful World Cup, you know, in terms of a lot of things, people having fun, family friendly. I mean, you don't have to be. Uh, but my point is, like, what I wanted to share. In, in terms of migrant workers dead, right? It was very successful with that. Well, you can you can say that. Okay, I see what you're saying, but you know, uh, they acknowledge that and they fix. They try to fix the problem, but on the other hand, why nobody heard said, anything sorry. about? But why nobody heard anything about that in China or Russia when the World Cup was in Russia? They or should. What, but they should. They, they brought up killing China. Muslims in in China when China had their, the their Plus, plus so. what was? What, I don't think the issue was that they were migrant workers. It's that a lot of them didn't want to work there anymore, and they weren't allowed to leave. Like they, no, no, the also, slave labor. The slave yeah, labor was the no. Issue. The condition. The condition was too hot because they had the deal. See, uh, Qatar is a new country. They didn't have stadiums. They didn't have uh, so they had to build everything within. 10 years and they have a special technology to make the stadium um, temperature inside different than outside, you know? So basically, um, but my, my question is like, you see the hypocrisy in like, nobody said a word about China or do you see that or, or, or not really? Because that but was, they did they, say they a did. word, but also correct me if I'm wrong, but like it was a larger amount than usual in building this. It was like half a thousand, like 500 workers that died in building this world cup. I think it's significantly more than in China or in Russia. That's how much they die the in China daily. There. That's they die in China yeah. daily like this. I but not specifically <laughs> from building the world. I mean, I mean, there, I'm, I'm going to come over to Tim's population. side. They're all shit regimes. We should all be pointing out how shit they are. Exactly. Uh, right. I, normally, I'm anti-troll. America should absolutely troll these countries in the World Cup. Like whenever we go to China, we should have like some Uyghur kid that grew up in Cincinnati be the one to sing the national anthem. <laughs> like when we go to Russia. I don't know. We're already giving $30 billion to Ukraine. So we got that covered. We should but have like, an we, NBA player smoke weed while they do it. Yeah. We got to be careful with Russia. <laughs> but like, did, weren't, weren't, weren't some of the, like, the, what, one of the other things was they, um, people were going to wear uh, shirts that the were rainbow, in favor of, like, rainbow shirts or something. Rainbow flag, that, that ended yes. up getting. That was so a great move. We should be doing more of that. So that that that's one of the things they said, like, okay, no raising of the rainbow flag. Now, regardless of how you feel about that, but you know, don't you like if you go to a country, if you go to somebody's house, don't you follow the rules, whatever it is, you know? If you don't like it, yeah, you don't go. Am I right? But they become human rights violations. I mean, what's the what's No, they didn't say you cannot come. They didn't say if you're gay or trans, you cannot come, you can welcome, you can do whatever you want. You just well, can't they didn't talk have to about say it. it. You yeah, no, we don't want you. It's it's mixed culture, so they don't want them to raise the flag. Now, you agree or disagree with that, you know? 
nah, that I, I'm what, what, what I'm willing to do is go, oh, that's interesting. Your your country has a uh, portable insurance, whereas this country had like when it gets into political economy stuff, I'm like, yeah, that might vary. But what, when it's like, ah, you don't allow gays. Nah, I don't have time no, no, for no. that. I that's did, that's they bullshit. Did, they did not say you don't allow gays. They, allow, they were very clear. You can come. You can be just killed no that problem. guy. For no, 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 no. I mean, shirt, in, in I their country, yeah. like yeah. like in, in, in Qatar. And I don't know all the, the details of this, but I, I would like based on my my limited knowledge, like like homosexuality is still criminalized over there. Right. Correct. OK, that I'm I'm fine with us trolling them on that. That's nonsense. That That's an individual right that should be available to everybody. Um, like if I were going to somebody's house, I may not bring that up. But if I were going to a stadium, I'd be happy to do that. And I'd probably get arrested. And then I'm a coward, so I wouldn't do it. <laughs> well, they also weren't clear, right? Because they said no flags in general, but then there were like Palestinian flags during protests, right? Like they they weren't they weren't just like oh no no that don't was have the, gay pride that, flags. No, that was that was the more the the issue was the gay gay pride flag. Now I understand that you know you have the right to do whatever. I just understand. I'm, I always try to understand both points. You know what I'm saying? Like if they say that before, like if if somebody tell me like okay, the next World Cup will be here in the United States. If they said no, uh, whatever flag, uh, you can raise any of that uh, that flag. I'll be like, okay, I choose not to go, you know, or I choose not to participate. But because of the event is too big, they try to go there and participate and then make fun of it. You know, you so know, that's you know we're, we're, it's we're, just we're, to raise awareness is why they do that. Well, sometimes it's for self awareness, but that's why they go and do that is to raise awareness for the issue. You could maybe be more subtle, like instead of having a gay pride flag, you wear a Freddie Mercury T-shirt. You know what I mean? Like, there you go. Somewhere in the middle, too. let or, it fly or, over or, their head. I would just full on fuck a guy on the field. That's or, what I would do. I'm, or the medal I'm of that honor. favorite of gay so, rights. Yeah, so that was a big thing, the the Qatar thing. So anyway, uh, I think that um, you know, in general, when we do like recap show, this is a, was relatively short the last one was 10 hours but this was only three uh, <laughs> but when we do a you know a recap show it's always we try to recap most of the obviously there's million events but i think the most important recap is what everybody do to themselves i think it's it's very healthy that you you kind of like play the year over in your in your head and i hope everybody will have a good year and you guys gonna have a a good year as well so let's end with this um uh, you know your prediction for next year um and any final words um who wants to go first one at a time please i'll I'll jump in um keep your eye on ai stuff i think that's going to be really really big um very mm -hmm. likely you you watching or listening at home have have seen photos of linsa or dolly or whatever on instagram that stuff's mind-blowing and and i i've got some friends at open ai and and the implications of this are very very big I don't think people quite realize just how big they're going to be. And, and I suspect that sooner rather than later, a lot of things are going to be there. And uh, I hope everybody has a great year. And uh, I, I host the Political Orphanage. And if you like uh, cheeky political conversation that's not for red team or blue team diehards, come check me out. Um, and where are you going to be in New Year's Eve? I assume I'll be here in Austin, Texas. Uh, I've got I'm dating a woman. And what? she lives and yeah, I know you all thought maybe <laughs> Wait, I was a gay AI? soccer player, but no, I'm actually a heterosexual comedian. I'm dating a woman. AI? She lives in Edinburgh, uh, but I'm not going to be able to make it over there for that. So I'll, I'll, I'll presumably be in humid, sweaty Austin drinking tepid champagne. Uh, and then we'll get back to Scotland at some point uh, come the new year. You just did the uh, classic thing that you do in high school. Like, I'm I'm dating a girl. She lives in Canada. She's a supermodel. <laughs> David, she goes a to a different school. Commercial. You just don't know her. 
<laughs> All right, David, go ahead. Let me smell your fingers. <laughs> uh, I have uh, no predictions whatsoever. I'm just, just trying to get through the year. Uh, but Mike and I host a uh, show every Tuesday called the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. That's the gag. <laughs> it's only once a week. And it's Tuesdays at 6 o'clock Eastern time. Um, Mike and I for the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. That's what there we you go. do. And, and to Andrew's point, by the way, we had an episode. You should check it out in this podcast about Replica. Replica is an AI dating app that actually drive people crazy. That's one person tried to marry uh, his AI wife. It's very hey. interesting uh, episode. You should. It's called Replica. I can't remember which check one. Check that out. Uh, Boris, I definitely agree on the AI stuff. I've been chatting with this Chat GPT program, and that's going to be that used by me. everybody, I'm sure. That's me. <laughs> oh yeah, mm. um, it's going to be on uh, like customer service stuff. I assume kids are going to use it to write their uh, essays. But you know what? I don't know if you guys have friends that are really into it that are doing making Chat GPT write sketches and stuff like that, but. Everybody needs. I'm looking forward to that hurdle ending a little bit because people are just sharing stuff. It's like kind of boring as screenshots on all my group chats, and I want them to stop because it's not that interesting at this point. Um, but yeah, I think that that stuff will definitely get crazy. I don't know if I have many more sophisticated predictions beyond that that I uh, am not qualified to make. I um, where are you going to be? New I'm looking. I am actually. I'm in Sonoma, California, right now at my sister-in-law's. I'm in a my nephew's childhood bedroom here. That's why I got the background. And we actually fly back on the 31st and land at JFK at 10.30 p.m. Because uh, all the other tickets were expensive as shit. And I've had enough New Year's where, uh, you know, this was just the practical thing to do. So I'm going to be driving from JFK and going home. Hey, Morris, yeah, good, good for you. I think New Year's is the lamest holiday. I like, love New Year's. I, I, I like if if it didn't exist, it didn't exist. And I was like, hey, Boris, Mike, David, uh, Hatem, come over to my house. We're going to get fucking shit canned and then flip over the page of a calendar. You would think I have some weird form of autism and alcoholism combined. Like it would make no sense. Um, I don't know. I, I think that was actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I have a different New Year's connotation because I grew up at least when I was young in the Soviet Union, where we didn't have really Hanukkah celebrations, we didn't have Christmas celebrations, but you had a New Year's tree. You got now when we came to America and eventually when we had the money to do so, you get some caviar on New Year's, you play some games. That was the holiday that you could actually celebrate. So I grew uh, up kind of uh, celebrating New okay. Year's. Wow. But now I got a baby and I got enough going on and, and it's just not that practical. So I'm looking forward to being chill. And the only thing I'll promote is just at the Boris K on social media stuff at the board you know i tell you a quick uh my i love new year's eve every time i do something but new year's eve 2020 i did something that's impossible to be done again i drove all the way to times square i drove all the way in because there was <laughs> right. a pandemic there was nobody there oh yeah, yeah. Oh, right. so and i have a video of it i drove with my car which you can't even get it into with your feet 50 blocks from i drove all the way to 42nd and 7th and broadway uh it was it was it would never happen again, Mike? Wow. That's cool. That that that's really cool. Thank you. Uh, I predict Guardians of the Galaxy would probably be uh, the last really good Marvel movie. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that beards are going to come back, but shave culture <laughs> is going to be a big deal. And I think one of the Hodge twins is going to announce they're going to run for office. So. 
There you go. And Mike, uh, you want to promote anything coming up? Oh, yeah. Comedy Cellar Nightly with Dave Dreskow. And I do Retrospective Promenade, a movie podcast as well. There you go. Guys, thank you so much. This was uh, part three of the recap. I hope everybody have a very happy new year. And as I said, if you're right wing, Merry Christmas, left wing, happy holidays. And I'll see you guys very soon. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks, Hatem. Happy, happy New, new year. year, guys. Nice.